welcome back, guys and gals. You are listening to the Northern Miner Podcast, and I'm your host, Matthew Keevil. As usual, we are brought to you by the Yukon Mining Alliance. Please do check out yukonminingalliance.ca for an update on all the exciting exploration and development activity going on in Canada's Yukon Territory. And as usual, we are bringing you a great episode this week. Leslie came through in a huge way on uh, audio directly from the floor of the Precious Metals Summit in Beaver Creek, Colorado. So uh, we're going to be running some exclusives throughout the week uh, from that event. Uh, and hello to everyone that's down at the Denver Gold Forum right now in Colorado Springs. I, I believe that kicked off today. Uh, so that's looking like a good one as well. We'll uh, keep our ears to the ground on Denver. Uh, but Leslie brought us a lot of exclusive content back from Beaver Creek. And uh, I heard it was a really good conference this year. People are quite uh, quite bullish on gold, apparently, not surprisingly, considering it is called the Precious Metal Summit. If there was a bunch of, like, <laughs> gold bears down there, it would be a weird conference. It would be, like, people just hating on stuff. Anyway, re- regardless tangent. Uh, but Leslie brought us a bunch of really good, uh, good content back. We'll be rolling that out this week. Uh, first and foremost, we're going to start with uh, a little bit of a segment with Brent Cook from Exploration Insights. And this one's interesting uh, because Brent is going to be talking about one of the hottest exploration stories in the game right now. And that is Novo Resources, uh, run by Quinton Hennig. Uh, this company's been around for quite a long time. Time and Quinton's been looking down in Western Australia for effectively a Witwater Sand analog. So that's the uh, the big uh, sort of geological mysterious gold uh, occurrence in South Africa. Um, and uh, so they recently uh, have made quite a few waves. They they originally did it with a YouTube video of them effectively unearthing a big gold nugget. Uh, it, it's sort of looking placer like, um, and they've. Um, Let's just say leveraged that sort of uh, modern media in uh, in ways that have definitely benefited their share price. Uh, I believe they were once again broadcasting on YouTube earlier this morning. Um, but uh, no drill holes in the property yet, interestingly enough. But they have uh, been prospecting with metal detectors. Uh, so Leslie's a bit a bit of uh, a bit you know skeptical of, of what's going on and, and especially the market capitalization if you look at this company it's gone from about 30 cents to six dollars and 50 cents that gives them a market cap of you know about nearly 800 million dollars or 760 million if you want to do the exact math um but uh so it's an interesting one for sure i uh, uh brent actually went down as mentioned to visit it so we'll get a little bit of his insights on what he thinks of novo resources um and you know he is an investor so full disclosure on that one um but uh, it's a really interesting piece I've been watching this one, not sure what to think, like a lot of people in the business. Brent talks on how it's sort of a geological anomaly. Uh, really interesting. I mean, <laughs> six fifty dollars a share uh, without a drill hole, <laughs> as we always say. That's <laughs> That gives me that gives my bat signal going a little bit. But uh, I, I can't say for sure because I don't, I don't know enough. Haven't done a lot of the technical due diligence on it. Leslie's going to be looking into it, so we'll probably have more coming up on Novo. Um, but the second uh, little segment is actually with Adam Lundeen. And this is the uh, son of Lucas Lundeen, who recently took over the president President and CEO position at Philo Mining. Uh, and if anyone's uh, familiar with Philo, uh, it, it was uh, formerly under the banner of NGX Resources. Um, and they uh, they had a, a few uh, assets down in uh, Region 3 Chile on the Argentinian border. And Philo is one of the ones that they spun out into a separate vehicle called Philo Mining. Um, and uh, I've actually talked to Lucas about this as well. I have yet to sit down with Adam, but uh, fortunately, Leslie had the opportunity. Um, and uh, what they're looking at, interestingly enough, with Philo is, is sort of a near-term oxide production scenario. So that would be heap leach. Uh, and they've been able to sort of... Um, 
identify the different zonages of mineralization into uh, sort of an oxide gold, etc. Uh, and so they figure they can put together a, a low capex startup mine plan uh, down uh, in, in South America there that might be able to be sort of a company builder. So it's an interesting sort of emergence, uh, emerging story uh, in the Lundin group of companies uh, in so much as it, it sort of does uh, represent maybe more of a near-term production goal. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Lundin has the larger production side with Lundin Mining. Uh, they're moving lending gold with uh, Fruta del Norte into production. So, uh, But this is an interesting interview as well. Uh, I'll get a little bit of background on Adam Lundin, uh, his business experience, uh, what he's bringing coming into Philo, and sort of what the business strategy is now uh, that he's taking over and uh, what they're looking at in terms of fundraising, etc. So a great couple of interviews. Um, I'm just going to run these. They'll take up the bulk of the program because I think they run about 12 to 15 minutes each. Uh, and we try to keep our episodes around 45 minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's just sort of a market focused demographic thing. They're like, please keep your episodes long, <laughs> shorter than like an hour. And I'm like, okay, we can totally do that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so th- you won't hear too much from me, but Leslie's going to uh, take the mic for the rest of this episode and uh, lead you through with a couple interviews. The first one's going to be with Brent Cook on Novo Resources. And the second will be with Adam Lundin, newly minted president and CEO of Philo Mining. This has been Matthew Kiva with the Northern Miner Podcast, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey there, it's Leslie Stokes with the Northern Miner. I'm at the Precious Metals Summit at Beaver Creek, Colorado, and I have Brent Cook. I just finished my lunch, and I wanted to geologize with Brent about some of the geology that's being seen down at Novo Resources, Purdy's Reward, Paleoplastic Gold Deposit in Western Australia. Hi, Brent. Hey. Well, it's certainly been an interesting <laughs> uh, subject for a little while now, eh? I think everyone's talking about it. Yeah. I mean, their stock has gone up from like what, thirty cents to like six bucks. Yeah, in their the past market six cap months. is well over six hundred million now. Yeah. And they just got fifty-six million dollars from Kirkton Lake. I know. I know. I was actually chatting with Michael Gray uh, about it a little while ago, and he was talking about how there's a lot of big, big names that are kind of backing the story, and they recently had a bulk sample that returned what forty grams per ton. And 80 grams per ton. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I went there as soon as they picked up Purdy's and, and made that first announcement. Yeah. Before the bulk sampling such, I went there and looked at it, um, and I came back and I bought some stock. You did. You bought it three bucks. I bought it just under three dollars, yeah. and recognizing that I was really, the stock was way overvalued given what we know, which is not a lot. But I've known Quinton for a while. He's quite a while he's one of the best geos i know yeah he's cool he's he worked with the uh, exploration insights for a while did he and then he, yeah and then he got sidetracked onto this which is currently working out um but it is the most unusual depositional or, or deposit i've ever seen like i can't there's nothing else i've seen that is like this so it's hard to know what's really going on there um it's it's I, I do think the age is the age is similar to um, uh, the bits, and I think it's some sort of variety of the bits. And the model that makes sense to me, and that Quinton throws out there as well, is that the gold and the wits was actually pulled out of 
seawater yeah. uh, by algal mats as part of their, their photosynthesis. And this is when the whole you know, the initiation of the big oxygen event. And that makes sense. I can see that. But when you look at this conglomerate, um, it's really odd. I don't know how the gold got in there. It's a primitive conglomerate, meaning it's got class of everything, of all sizes, and then these nuggets are in it. Yeah, I don't big understand. nuggets too. They're like the size of your palm. They can like, get that big. Yeah. Most of them are about the size of a watermelon seed. Okay, right. It's, it's surprising how consistent they are. But I don't I don't know how they got there. I, I, I really don't. Yeah. Now, I know, I know a bit about the geology of the area, because believe it or not, when I was working with Northern Star Resources in Western Australia, I worked in the exact same stratigraphic package as what he's kind of probing around in. And so I'm kind of familiar with um, this geography there. He's He's got this conglomerate unit that's sitting at the base of a really thick, two kilometer thick package of basalts called the Mount Rowe. And I never came across it on our property because there was some crazy inconformities and bolting that was going on around there. But there's no doubt about it that that lower part of the geography is a little bit weird. And I've been mulling over it for the past few days thinking to myself, that hardy sandstone is going to keep me back awake at night because it drove me nuts a few years ago when I was working on it. And um, But I can't go into too much detail about it, but all I know is that um, the Wits deposit kind of formed up 2.7 billion. And what really fascinates me is 2.7 billion years ago was the coolest time on Earth. Because that was when like all the gold was coming into the Abitibi. There was just gold just plummeting up through the crust everywhere. And then the wits was like being deposited in one fashion or another. So most people believe it's the paleoplaster, so it's just eroding off like mountains into this ashtray-shaped basin. And then it gets remobilized there by the acidic water because it was the pre-oxygen event? Yeah, no, that's not what's happening. Oh, okay. I, I've been to the bits a few times. and oh, I it, it, it's In my view, this it is not a paleoplaster. Uh, there's no way. It's just too many things don't make sense about it. Mm -hmm. um, basically, the, in the bits, the gold is invisible. You don't get nuggets. You don't get the pounding. Uh, again, it's been pulled out of some sort of solution by the algal mats by the carbon yeah, that's what's you pulled it up carbon leaders or whatever exactly so it's not a paleoplaster and this thing that uh, quentin's got um it's it's a conglomerate of sorts but it's a debris flow as well which is it looks like a debris flow so it's again i don't know how you get the gold in there but it certainly is not by a alluvial uh, processes right okay but the gold's been like there's big nuggets it's been pounded i mean is there is the sandstones mature are they not mature like, well, what's very like? very immature. I mean, very there's, immature. There's blocks half a meter big of, of granite diorite. There's basalt. There's uh, basalt tufts. There's sandstones in there. Class. Does it and have then, uranium like wits? No uranium. Okay. And but the gold is always in the matrix. It's not in the in the boulders right. or the conglomerate. It's it's in the actual matrix. Which is the unusual thing. Like you'd think that it's you'd weird, see yeah. some weird class with gold in it to show yeah. that, that it's eroded from a ore body or something. Yeah, no, it wasn't eroded from an ore body. It doesn't make sense how it got there, but it's there. Right. And it goes for tens of kilometers. Right. Well, from prospecting. 
Yeah. Okay. So they haven't drilled it. Novo hasn't really drilled it yet. They've just been kind of like digging away from it at the surface. Now the thing that really blows me back is that like the Ritz Basin is like five kilometer thick package of, of sediments, right? So if it was being deposited out of seawater, then then it had like, there's just a lot of room for that fluid to move, I guess, through that stratigraphic package. But in um, Novo Resources property, they it's just a 10 meter thick conglomerate sitting at the base of these basalts and i think it's at the at an unconformity isn't it it's an unconformity from what i saw it's like down to nothing up to maybe 20 meters thick but we don't know that there's so much work left to do we don't know how thick it is uh, and that sort of thing and the sampling is going to be really difficult yeah uh, because of the nuggety and erratic nature of it so my view is it'll be six months before we have a good sense of is if this is potentially economic and if it's got some scale right but the thing that also hangs me up on it brent is that there's so many placer um deposits in australia like when i work down there my mates would say go off from their work week i'm like oh what'd you do on break and they're like oh i just went out with my metal detector and just picked up about two thousand dollars worth of gold i'm like well next time invite me <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. but so and you can pick it up anywhere there's there's just so much gold there the land's been rotting away for a really long time so i mean i know it's unusual having the gold kind of not just solely in the matrix but how, who's to say like why it can't just be eroding from a nearby source and multiple sources? Well, it's not, and there's, there's, there's it's just, it's not. I, I, I'm, I'm certain of that. That it's not coming <laughs> from a nearby source. Right. Um, yeah. And these nuggets that people metal detect, you know, they, those have been super gene enriched to a large degree, and then as the continent eroded over tens of millions of years, they've kind of been just concentrated as it drops down, right? So that's what that that is, and this is definitely not that. It's definitely not. This is this is 2.7 billion year old gold in uh, a conglomerate. Has it been dated? Yes. Oh, it did. So it is 2.7. Yeah. That makes sense because it's hosted in stratigraphy that's 2.7 billion years Mm -hmm. old, right? Now, Wits was like 2.9 sediments were deposited, 2.9, and then 2.7, then it was abruptly cut off by the salt flows. Yes. As well, so kind of a similar. Very similar stratigraphy to the stratigraphy, which I understand. And then there's unconformity. So that's why I'm just kind of like, I need to do more work. I need to talk to a VITS expert, you know, just sit him down and just figure out because it's a highly contentious sort of deposit. Like people don't really understand how it forms. You say it came out of seawater and there's apparently lots of evidence to say that it really kind of didn't. Maybe it was modified by the seawater. We all know that the water back then was probably pretty acidic. Mm -hmm. It was not like a world like it is today. But no, well, there, I on, on our website under the we've got a section a tab called um, Geo Insights. Yeah. I've I've put uh, Quentin's paper on the Witch Waters Ranch up there, so yeah. you can pull it up my website at Exploration Insights and read that. Yeah, it's a very one. very good paper. It is. Yeah, was that published in a journal? Yes, some journal. I forget which one it was, but it's it's a legitimate paper in a geologic journal yeah no of course like quentin's cool he's like a bit of a mad scientist he loves the big picture yes you know and i appreciate i appreciate the work that he's doing and i know i got him in touch with some phd students in australia too that did a lot of work in the region where i worked um because that hardy sandstone which hosts beaton's creek uh, was an unusual sort of package of sandstones that mm-hmm. i didn't really understand but to just even jump to this um beaton's creek 
uh, was the same sort of concept, right? And that that kind of that proceeded pretty well with the project. Like Sumitomo's in on that now, mm-hmm. um, and it's you know got some size to it. But why can't it be? Is it similar to Beaton's Creek? Have you seen that one? I've seen Beaton Creek uh, rocks, and it's it's different. I mean, it's the same stratigraphic section. Yeah. But at Beaton's Creek, you've got uh, coarse pyrite. You've got it's more it's more similar to the Witwatersrand. Waters Ranch. Whereas this one he's got now in Karatha is not the same as Beaton's Creek. Right. So kind of what I'm taking home from this is that it's kind of like bits, but it kind of isn't. So it's big, really big, and we just don't know if it's economic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I should mention too, Novo is like 50% farther. On the on this one section. On Purdy's. On Purdy's, yeah. Yeah, and what's the name of the company again? It was in, Artemis. Artemis in, in Australia, and and what's their valuation like? I don't think they're anywhere near Novo. I I'm not sure. I think it's like in the seventy million dollar range. Yeah, so it's. Quite and they've only got a you know a five kilometer section of a hundred kilometers of the unit, so the valuations you can't really compare them in that respect. If it's if if it works out to be real for Novo. They've got tens and tens of kilometers of the same thing where Artemis is just right there. Yeah. Well, maybe I can talk to Quentin and ask him to bring me down and uh, you should. take a look at it. You should. <laughs> Go down and get some lamingtons again. I'm dying for them. Forex. Uh, 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 anyway. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Brian. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful conference here. Yeah, and thanks. yeah, and uh, anybody who's listening, you can check out Exploration Insights. I don't think I mentioned that yet, of course. So you can go online and, and check out the Geo Insights for any more further technical information. Um, but enjoy your day wherever you are. So it's Leslie Stokes. I am in Colorado at the moment, moment sunshine, coming down at the Beaver Creek uh, Precious Metal Summit. And I have Adam London here. Lundeen, sorry. No problem. Yeah. So Adam Lundeen, um, you are the son of Lucas Lundeen, and you've taken on a new position as president and CEO of Philo Mining, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. And thanks a lot for having me and giving me the opportunity to speak with you and the Northern Miner, big follower since I was a kid. Um, yeah, no, right now I guess I got dropped into the CEO position at Philo Mining last Monday. So it's been a week on the job. It's been pretty intense. Uh, a lot of marketing, <laughs> updating shareholders why we made the change. And uh, so I took over from Wojtek Wodzinski, uh, who will stay on as NGX Resource CEO. And, you know, it's more about me coming in and alleviating Wojtek so he can go out and continue doing what he's done for the last 10 years and that's generate projects for the London Group in South America. Uh, he has a geologist background and so he's made a bunch of grassroots discoveries and Philo de Sol is one of them. Uh, we just had a resource update so we support a resource of six and a half million ounces of gold, four billion pounds of copper and roughly 160 million ounces of silver and now I've been mandated by the board to move this into production. We're we're years away from that, uh, and so we're just starting out with our preliminary economic assessment, which will kick off here and hopefully be able to publish some results Q1 2018. And so, yeah, so it's very exciting to move this forward. And also, my father Lucas started off uh, in Argentina for the mining group, and that's where he had the success in his early 30s, and I hope to replicate that. Cool. Yeah. So okay. So you're in your 30s. 
give me a little bit of a background on Adam. Yeah. Like, where you come from? I know you have like a big, long history of like international finance, but you started out in the mining industry as well, and you obviously grew up with Lucas. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like the lending group, it goes back. Uh, my grandfather founded it for over 45 years ago, and he put his two sons into it, uh, and then I got into it now. But uh, you know, growing up uh, in a resource family, that was the the dinner table talk was, was mining our oil or let's make a big discovery. Oh, go on. Uh, so it was very exciting. And, and you know, being in a, a business family, uh, everyone's all everyone's passionate about it and it's a 24-7 thing. So it just feels very natural. Yeah, because you guys have, you have three other brothers, yeah. right? Okay, are they like all around kind of your age? Are they all interested in business? And what's yeah, yeah, I'm very proud of my brothers. They, uh, my oldest brother, Harry, he runs a natural resource hedge fund out of Toronto called Brome Asset Management. And then my younger brother, Jack, is working at London Gold. So he's uh, down in Fruta del Norte in Ecuador right now. He's on his shift. He does four weeks on, two weeks off. He's a assistant mine manager. And then we have my little brother, Will, who's working uh, for Black Pearl uh, Oil and Gas in Alberta. So he's a plant operator. So he does 10 days on, 10 days off. So we're all in it. Wow, that's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. And so Lucas, um, he wanted to get you in on this position, I guess, or did you approach him? And what's the backstory there in getting involved with Philo? Yeah, so when I was at Pareto Securities, where I was my finance background, and that was where I was in the finance industry, I was running the London office for Pareto. And it was, you know, just you know, financing natural resource companies and obviously the lending group needs financing every, every once in a while so I was able to work closely with my father and then it's kind of, you know, Adam, are you interested in this? And I said, yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been interested in joining the lending group full time ever since I was a kid. Wow. But uh, different to when my father and uncle joined my grandpa straight out of college, my grandpa needed guys. And so, you know, when I'm when I'm in my early 20s coming what to do, the lending group was, was quite advanced and you had you had like the Paul Conabares, you had, you know, the Ashley Heppenstalls, you had some big big guys who were doing a great job and, and I wasn't in a position to add tremendous amount of value to the group. So I went out and I guess kind of earned my stripes and I guess, you know, my father and myself felt like the timing was right now. And especially with Voitech doing two roles, like I previously said, you know, he can go back and keep making these grassroots discoveries and I can I can advance feel it as well. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to um, you and your father too, do you have similar sort of philosophies on the outlook in the industry or do you guys butt heads on a couple of subjects? Like what's the conversation? No, I think it's very, it's quite smooth. Obviously, you know, little details we, we may, may have different views on, but I think big picture, uh, we're totally aligned. I think, you know, we believe in the electric vehicle evolution. We believe the best way to play that is copper. And we feel like if you have a world-class deposit, you should build it. I think, you know, the cool story is my dad was down there in March of 99. He sold Valadero to Homestake for $300 million. And this is in the San Juan province, exactly where my deposit is located. And so he sold it and it was in a bad gold market and the lending group was not what it is today. It didn't have the financial capabilities or the manpower to develop a mine. And so when he sold that, you know, to this day, he said, he'll tell you he left a lot of money on the table. And now we feel to sell, we're not going to be forced to sell anything. And we feel like this is a project that we should build ourselves and especially take advantage of to where the group has come. With Philo de Sol, um, it's, it's evolved quite a bit since the very beginning. And the last resource update was exceptional. It had a 61% 
increase um, in the total tonnage there, I guess, yep. and like the grades kind of kind of stay the same. So, can you speak a little bit about that? Like, what kind of upside is there? And you are obviously ready to do the PEA. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So I jumped into it. It was, it was about yeah. So Philo, it it's been about thirty-five thousand meters have been drilled mm -hmm. on the deposit, but it's a project that's been within the London Group since nineteen ninety-nine. Mm -hmm. And it started in 10K mining, but 10K mining had the 10K Fungurumi project. So Philo was kind of a, a project that there was always one or two above it, and it never really got the attention since it was so early staged. And now, since it went into NGX and Voitech and his team were running it, they were able to make uh, you know a game-changing drill season about three years ago, yeah. where they they you know, all these subsurface zones. You know, we start with the gold zone, we start with the silver zone, and then we get into the copper zone. And this is a sulfide system or an oxide system and we believe we're sitting on a giant porphyry but we're not sure because we've only drilled down to 500 meters and it's all in a memorization so we're curious to see what's underneath but what we're what we know and what last resource update showed we're able to divide these these subsector zones so you have a gold oxide on the surface uh, then you get into a copper gold zone and then you end in the silver zone uh, and that last resource update, you know, increased the resource by over 60% and allowed us to break out these zones into, like I said, the gold, copper, gold, silver. And we know it's going to be a heat leach operation uh, since you're in that oxide material. And therefore, we believe it's going to be low cost. And we can use this as a nice, robust starter mine and then explore around. So I feel like I got a project that will turn into mine with, you know, me to go out and get another growth project. I'm sitting on it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. A week into the job, and you're running. You're just running with it. That's great. So the PEA, when it comes out, you you think it'll be like next year sometime. Um, when it comes to, I know that you just you guys just did a thirty-five million dollar raising, or you just put a. Yeah. So last year, this time, when I was a Pareto, I got to help uh, the, assist the company with raising twenty million dollars okay. at two bucks. So now we said around two fifty a share. Uh, and so we have about $7 million left. Uh, we're gonna kick off another drill campaign this November and do 10,000 meters. Uh, so I'll come to market and probably look to raise money sometime next year. Uh, so I can complete the, complete, the PEA, complete the PEA and get to a stage where I can do a PFS and complete the drill program. Cool, and what are the capital markets like for projects such as Philo Dissolve? I think it's fortunate but the family's a big shareholder and you know they've made money for for a lot for various you know shareholders and a lot of guys want to back early stage lending group companies and so then obviously assisting in the raise a year ago at my old position when i joined this one i was able to call everyone who, who put money in and say hey i'm coming on board and everyone's excited and very supportive so i think i i don't have to rely on on the markets on how they're doing obviously it needs to be you know i can't be can be a global financial crisis and go and raise money but all i know is my shareholders are really supportive and i hope to grow that shareholder base uh but i think you know raising another 20 million dollars won't be a problem obviously i want to time it a bit with with good markets but again like i said earlier i think with the family support there and the strong shareholder base the lending group gets from the market uh almost agnostic